Welcome to Mindfully Meg. I'm Meg. Here we'll be discussing everything and in between on the journey related to yourself and itself with a capital S. On this podcast, I share my own journey about waking up to myself. I share the experiences and tools that I've discovered along the way in hopes it might comfort some of you and in others plant seeds of openness or awareness. On this show, I explore all different insights on consciousness, metaphysics, self-love, love, <laughs> relationships, spirituality, energy, sex, chakras, religions, God, methods of healing, you name it, so much more. So if you're a little curious about the mind-body-soul connection and a little curious about what it is to love yourself more too, join me today. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. I am dusting off my equipment as we speak. Quite literally, I have been out for some time And I appreciate you all giving me this time. There's a lot of things personally in my life going on. And one of those, if you followed my social media, was the recent passing of my grandmother. And there is a thing where they say there are stages of grief. So please give yourself time to go through those at your own time. I know it's been over a couple of months, but... It still feels pretty fresh to me. And this podcast is about me sharing my own personal experience. And so it kind of took me a while just to get comfortable being vulnerable again on the mic. So I appreciate all of you giving me this space. And I like the name of this episode, Until Death Do Us Part. Because I think it's not just romantically speaking in marriage vows. It's with every single one of our relationships, right? Eventually, they all we all have to part. I wanted to share and be vulnerable on this in hopes it might help someone else, you know, dealing with the loss or grief and knowing that they're not alone. But I also, at the end, want to tie this back to a previous episode that I recorded with John on rejection. (laughs) And it's funny how this experience helped me, you know, move that fear even more and overcome it. So we'll get started. I recently lost my grandmother and it was not, I didn't know it was coming that quickly you know everyone can say oh you're prepared they're of age you know anything but you're never you're never really prepared you you just never are no matter what circumstance you can try to say you are but you're not and kudos to my friend you know Morgan we were on a trip (laughs) together hadn't seen each other in a while and my initial reaction I hadn't dealt with grief in quite some time was anger just very angry and I remember my stepmom calling me (laughs) bless her heart being the bearer of some news you know of just that she was in the hospital and this isn't looking good and you know I was just reacted very angry and she kind of got the brunt of that and I think 
you know, I know my friend did too. And then when I remember getting in this Uber <laughs> while I'm still trying to deal with the news and, you know, overcome it, I found out in public, you know, and um, I remember getting in this Uber trying just to deal with life until I got home for the funeral and just kind of get my mind off of it and Morgan's in there and the Uber driver goes how are you and um I just sat there and Morgan goes you're being so rude he just asked you how you are and you didn't even acknowledge him and it was like in this moment I am so angry I am so sad and I'm just not a fake person. If someone asks me how I am, I'm going to tell you. And I'm like, I just can't be fake at this moment. And out of respect for everyone, I'm just going to be quiet. And so I can see how that's taken as rude. But it was just everything in me to keep me from breaking down and bawling. It was everything in me to not scream and shout. Why? <laughs> and it wasn't really just like anger at the universe and God or anything like that. I was more angry at myself. You know, you never call enough. You never see them enough. Just things like that, right? So I came to take this out on people around me and I do apologize. And I think that's also a little reminder of, can I just say for everyone, let's stop using how are you as a salutation. Let's go back to saying hi hello, welcome, you know, something instead of like, how are you? We, we have just become so surface level with that. I think if you ask someone, how are you? You should generally want to know the genuine response because there's so much mental health out there. If someone's struggling and someone asks you, how are you? I want them to be genuinely concerned and feel open enough to respond to that, right? We have gotten in such a surface level mindset where we, flippantly ask that and people you know say fine great blessed you know there's like so many surface levels where it's really like how are you has anyone checked in with you and if you don't have that relationship don't ask it <laughs> that's why that's my two cents because you just never know what someone's going through um, so anyway, I apologize to all my friends that were with me and found out that same weekend that I did. And in this, in this, you know, whole experience, um, yeah, it's kind of a hard episode to get through. So, um, I remember going back for the funeral and I just wanted a sign. I was just looking for any sign just to give me peace I wasn't there to tell her goodbye physically, but there was this moment that I just, I was in public. I had this moment though by myself where I just like went inside, closed my eyes, you know, dropped down into my belly, got grounded and had my heart opened and went in with my intuition. I imagined myself in the hospital room with her by her bedside as if I had time you know, to fly and go be there with her and just hold her hand. And I just, you know, like as if I made it in time, just had a moment with her, hold her hand, tell her how much I loved her. 
And then I told her it was okay to go. And it was so peaceful. It was such a beautiful moment. And it wasn't till later, you know, I just went on about my time. And then my dad was calling and calling and calling. And I knew what the call was. The call was the news that my grandmother had passed. And so after all that, I did ask him, I was like, when did, when did she pass? And then he told me the time and I did the math and I was like, I th- that had to be that moment. And so I really believe that that was that moment that I, that little moment of peace that I, she knew I'd be like looking for, searching for. And it was like her passing through us connecting on her ascension. And I think that was beautiful. And I think a lot of the time we're always outwardly searching for validation. And I think a lot of the time the answers are internally. And through this whole experience of someone passing, or some people say transitioning to the next life, it makes you start thinking about heaven and what's heaven like and what is it imagined and something so real. I don't know if anybody ever can feel like, you know, their loved ones just aren't settled yet. And for a little bit, I felt like she wasn't settled yet. And then later, I could feel in my heart, my intuition, she was. She had finally passed or ascended. And so I think, for me, I'm toying with the idea that there is this middle heaven before really going to have your time with your maker, your judgment day, with your day of the Akashic record or the book of life, you know, to look back on your life and everything that you've done and to be okay with the life that you've lived and my friend brought up second corinthians 12 2 which i don't know if you guys have read this and it goes like this i know someone in christ who 14 years ago whether in the body or out of the body i do not know god knows was caught up to the third heaven, was caught up into paradise, and heard ineffable things which no one may utter. And I was like, well, I'll be darned if that isn't a mention of a third heaven. So anyway, I'm playing around, toying with the idea of, you know, really how does one define heaven and the afterlife, right? So... This got me thinking, and as I'm looking externally, outwardly for signs and validation, you know, I put on the autistic mystic. And if you guys don't know him, he reads tarot cards. And I like him. He's pretty confident in his gift. He's confident that he has autism, and he's transparent about it. And he's, you know, goofy some days, right on the money some days. And I love it. It's just, it's just fun for me, right? And I could take a few tips from him about just being transparent in your authentic self. He really embodies that. It was pretty cool in this episode for Libras at the time. He gave me a couple of profound insights. And one of them was that he said, silence is the true language of God. And... I hadn't heard someone phrase it like that before. 
and I loved it. Because while you experience something like this so profound, you're looking, you're looking, you're looking. Talk to me, talk to me, tell me the answers. I need my sign. Tell me they're okay. Tell me they've passed. You know, all of these things tell me they're at peace. And it's just like silent. And it resonated so true with me that often we want God just to call it out, talk to us, answer us directly. And he doesn't always. Most often, he's quiet. He's silent. We feel him instead. It's a knowing instead that sometimes we can't articulate till later. And it was just a nice reminder for me that I needed to go and be still in the true language of God, which is silence. And I was avoiding that because I was scared of it. And he said a second thing to me was to reflect on my death and to do a meditation on it. And I thought that was interesting that he pulled the death card. I was like, oh, ironic. It's probably a representation just about my grandma, but it was actually, excuse me, for me. So I was like, let's do it. And when you start thinking about it, fears start going into your mind. I start (laughs) meditating on it. And I'm like, okay, if I'm really going to imagine this, I realize I have so much more left to do on this planet. I'm thinking, thinking about this just ignited a fire in me. Like this smolder, the slow burn is now just waiting to grow. And then I kept thinking about it. And then I thought I need to forgive myself of my past mistakes. I need to release any resentment I have left over, fully forgive release certain people that have wronged me, forgive myself for wronging others. You know, all of these things I kept thinking about. I was like, I don't want to take this in the afterlife. So I found myself also thinking about my family. You really start thinking about that. How you want to spend more time with them. You know, think about vacations you wish you would have taken. Really just looking at yourself like, are you living life to the fullest? to the extreme, really feeling life, living it, participating, not just observing life in the rat race. So in this meditation, I was thinking about all these things, living life to the fullest, really experiencing it, and how I want to experience love, you know, a real partnership, you know, a soul connection, a family, you know, having children, a home Traveling more parts of the world, really experiencing God on earth and seeing these things in moments. And, you know, also I realize I'm not practicing my gifts enough. I'm not really embodying them and developing them, really stepping into them. I could be doing that more. I could be helping so many more people, you know, just reflecting back made me realize there's so many cool more there's so many fun things to do so much more life is forever fleeting I'm like holy crap this is gonna go by so fast and the more I realized it was just appreciating being in this moment and then after you think about all of these things then you're left at the end you're left with that moment with your creator 
and I'm like, huh? Uh oh. Because I'm like, do I truly know my relationship with my God? Do I truly know that what is the language of God to be silent in the moment? Is that just to experience his love? Is to know that silence can't be love. And I found myself trying to define my relationship with God. Just me and him alone on my judgment day and I was like shit I'm not ready just like that like I probably shouldn't be cussing either you know they say that's bad and realizing you know I need to repent for my grievances my sins all of these things and but then after all of those negative things you know right wrong like we're all in this gray you know the last thing that kind of came to my mind was acceptance of love his love that really to close the space or the distance between my relationship with my creator was love and grace and forgiveness and joy and comfort and peace and love and did I say love that the distance created of how I see myself seeing myself as unworthy right a lot of religious teachings tell you you'll never be worthy of salvation right you don't deserve it and the disappointment and sadness and that and it's just like this shame I'm like we're bestowing that upon ourselves he's not bestowing that upon us and so have I truly accepted his love to be one with my creator right to fully love myself So to accept God's love, what I came to the conclusion in this meditation and the autistic mystic did say it was going to be like conscious altering, which it was. I've never seen death in this point of view before or my relationship with God. It seems so obvious now talking about it out loud, but to me, I I wasn't really conscious of it in this way was to accept God's love really means to accept that he loves me, right? And to let that really penetrate to my heart and like shatter this hard shell exterior around it. And I came to this little epiphany. They say, if you deny God here on earth, God will deny you in heaven. And, you know, I thought maybe this passage wasn't just referring to the outwardly denial and display on earth in front of other people, but maybe it has another meaning and maybe it means to deny God. If you remember who God is, God is the ultimate love. So if you're denying love, you're not accepting love. You're not accepting the ultimate love. You guys following me here? then we ourselves are not accepting that love in the afterlife. Maybe that's really what it means to deny in heaven. We're denying that love in the afterlife, not intentionally, but accidentally. If we can't accept it here, if we can't overcome our grievances and forgive and extend grace, 
if we can't ultimately break that pattern here, break the karma of our past lives, the trauma, and heal it with love, will we ultimately be freed in the afterlife, free spirits, accepting of gods and love? And, you know, what is that like? So for me, this whole, you know, self-love journey, it ebbs and it flows and in the darkest time of death and it's so funny how it came and brought out again this beautiful flow of love. And so now I became clearer in this meditation of identifying and naming the distance between my creator and me. Wasn't necessarily acts that I do, right? I still need to be a good person and be true to myself, of loving and honoring others, but really the separation I felt with my creator seems silly now. It sounds so simple. It's just to love oneself, one to love God, to be oneness, this euphoria, this elation, yet another beautiful, gentle reminder, as many of my life experiences are, is to go back inside and really check in with yourself and to be gentle with yourself And I love that it was another reminder of me falling off the self-love wagon. You know, Stephen Furtick has a beautiful message about slowly, gradually, then suddenly. You know, God can change things around all of a sudden in a moment, right? For the good. But what a lot of people forget that you look back and it started slowly. Then it became on gradually. And then actually the suddenly happened. So it happened slowly, gradually, then suddenly. And that's where I became suddenly became aware that I was gradually not checking in with this relationship. And I was able to free myself again to come back centered with my relationship with my creator. And so that I felt full circle that I could come back to this and if you remember how I wanted to relate my grandmother's passing with rejection this meditation on death was also realizing if you have self-love if you are unapologetically you you love yourself then you have all the confidence in the world you don't have this fear of rejection and it's so beautiful that My grandmother, she recorded this voicemail for me and years ago, years ago, she's left me so many and I love that. I don't delete a voicemail. I don't delete a text message. If you send it to me, I'll have it forever and I'm glad that I did and I saved it and I'll play it for you here in just a moment, but it's just like hearing my grandmother's confidence in me of knowing who the heck I am. That she has known me since birth and how special I am to her, right? And so I took that into rejection of like, oh my God, she knows me, right? And she loves me. And so when you think about this rejection, it's usually because, you know, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting a product or a service. Or if it is just you, what I was selling was just myself, what I have to offer. It's because they didn't get the opportunity to get to know you fully. 
you know, they didn't get the time to. They actually didn't know you completely. Because if they did, they would love you too. So if anybody needs to hear that, this, you know, beautiful voicemail, this gift my grandma is able to continue to give me and remind me every time I replay it is just to have confidence in Meg, you know, just to be unapologetically myself because that's good enough for her. It's good enough for me. Should be good enough for everyone else. So to all you out there, continue to work on just loving yourself, even the parts you don't want to share with the world and be vulnerable about because you are beautiful. (laughs) I am getting worked up here. So I appreciate you all again. Thank you for letting me share this moment with you. And if anybody just needs to connect or vent or just has a hard time dealing with this topic, you can always send me a message on Instagram at a journey to ourself because please know you are never alone. And I dedicate this episode to my grandmother. Hi, Megan. I just, guess what? I just today, just now, pulled it out of the mailbox. Your card you sent me. <laughs> Can you believe that? So I got your card. It says it's hard to know what to say about a grandma like you. It says world's best grandma. Well, thank you, Megan. You're a doll. You know, you're very, very special to me. And you're a great person. Don't let nobody tell you different. You are great. And you just hang in there. Sometimes I know it gets kind of rough. So, but you have to just keep fighting it. So, I think of you very often, sweetheart. What a special person you are. And you know you are. You're very special. And you're very pretty, too. (laughs) So... Anyway, thank you, sweetheart, and I appreciate it. I really do, and I appreciate you too, sweetheart, because you're very special. Thank you for being you, sweetie. I love you. Thank you so much. I'll call you again. Love you. Bye-bye.